Anyone over the age of 60 is invited to join Copper Country Senior Meals at our congregate meal sites that are located throughout Houghton and Keweenaw County. These meals are affordable, nutritious, delicious, and maybe most importantly, a great experience for those who attend. You'll make new friends, meet some incredible volunteers and staff who put the meal on, and ultimately find yourself a community of people you'll create almost a family-like relationship with. The only qualification for this is to be 60 or over. Learn more at coppercountryseniormeals.org or by calling 483-1155. Once again, good Sunday morning and welcome to Copper Country Today. I'm Todd Van Dyke. Our program is brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. Learn more about them at phfgive.org. And do remember that Giving Tuesday is coming up in just several weeks at this point, And there are a lot of organizations that are hoping to get big donations from their supporters so that they can share some of that matching money that the Portage Health Foundation will be offering up. One of those organizations we feature this morning because today, technically is October 43rd. (laughs) I I say that because it's kind of been a tradition of this program for many years to observe Domestic Violence Awareness Month, which is October, by talking with the Barbara Kettle-Gunlock Shelter and Mary Niemela. Well, because of our election coverage this fall, we didn't have the opportunity to do that in October. But heaven knows the topic is still timely. That's right. And so Mary Nimala joins me this morning on the 43rd day of <laughs> Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having us again. And I do have to say October was a long month, so even making it longer is... It's okay, I'll go with that. But <laughs> yeah, because you know now you've got forty three days to pay your bills and oh, all right. that kind of stuff. Just <laughs> your creditors will understand that. Yeah. I'm absolutely sure. <laughs> so you had some activities during Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I know that you always do some uh, yes. so some things, some uh, awareness activities, some fundraising activities. How'd they go? Everything was great. We actually had a very busy fall. Um, our because of. Well, I'm, I'm still saying this, and I don't want to because of COVID. Everything's got pushed. You know, we, were, we weren't doing um, in-person events until, like, maybe this summer. You know, we started having our support groups again and meeting our board meeting face-to-face and and uh, also our fundraising events. So it, it started off in August with our, our um, uh, ninth an- or no, 14th annual music event, and that was at at Jazzy's and we had a great turnout the cheap therapy was the band that played and um, they donate all their services to us as well as a lot of people vendors gave towards um, the baskets at the silent auction that we had and um, uh, Kevin did a great menu for us up there we had a great time and uh, we have that every year so whether or not it'll be in August again I'm not sure but (laughs) we'll you know look on our website and our our Facebook page for events to come up. And then in September, we had our, our ninth annual golf scramble. And uh, so first year we had it at Jazzy's, and it was a good turnout. And, um, of course, when Kevin said you could have up to 24 teams, well, that was my goal. Well, we were about halfway there this year for our first year there. And that was also um, a great event, and thanks to everybody who attended. They all had a great time. The weather was very good until a half hour rain delay and that was worked out well because jimmy john's donated subs to us for supper so they got to eat a drippy social period that's right that's right and so everybody came in for that half hour and then they went back out and finished so it was a great night as well and then in october 
it's an awareness event. Um, it sometimes turns into a, a little fundraiser, but we had our, our um, ninth annual motorcycle ride-in. And we had 37, 30, 43, I can't remember the number now. Um, after nine years, it's, it's, they all blend together. More than three dozen. That's right. And That's how we phrase that journalistically <laughs> if we don't know. More than three dozen it's, bikers turned out. It's like when you don't know the song, you sing just peas and carrots. La, and, la, yeah, la, yeah. la, 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 la. So that was a great event, too. And it starts off at the American in, in Calumet. And we went through Lake Linden this year and um, down across Montezuma, down Sheldon. And then we went along the lakefront to um, the um, parking lot by Chutes and Ladders. So it was a, a great event, too. Now, next year, being our 10th year, Diane at the American has already said we're going to make it up big. So we're going to do something big on our 10th anniversary of this event cool. next year. So, And it's always the first Monday. I'm saying it now, and anytime you get let me on the radio, until then, I'll say it again. It's we'll the first, put it on the calendar. It's the first Monday of October, which is a day of unity during um, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. You mentioned something that I don't think we've ever really talked about on our programs that we've done before, and that is your support groups. Oh, right. We've talked about a lot of the other things that you do, and we will mm -hmm. get to some of those things uh, before we're done here. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about these support groups that you offer. These are for whom? They're for victims of domestic violence, and then we do have um, child care for those that come as well. And... It's on Thursday evenings, and, you know, they can just call the shelter and um, s find out more about it and talk to our day staff at 906-337-5623. And, um, you know, it, it's it's really a good group. It's a two-hour group. It runs on, um, like, the first hour is somewhat of a little educational, informative type uh, session, and, and then we have um, another hour of just talking and chatting and sharing and um and the kids uh, have a, a a fun time they do crafts and different things like that and if it's nice enough they get to play outside and and uh um so it it's it's been i've been there for 32 years and i've never not known a time when we didn't uh, have our support group except for COVID. <laughs> yeah, and that uh, obviously caused a lot of disruptions on a lot of things did that disruption set some people back who have been dealing with abusive situations, people who were in the support groups because they needed that support. Right. I, I believe so because we haven't, we, we tried to this summer get it up running again and it was low attendance and now school's back in session and, and we're thinking that uh, we have to start doing that again. So I'm letting people know to call the shelter if they have questions about are we um, back doing those support groups because we, we, we are. And we, we also want to do an afternoon group, and that afternoon has not been determined yet. It depends on need because sometimes it's easier for people to come out um, who need it without their children, children, that they're in school, you know, so it's easier for that. And, and I think, you know, the, you know, the pandemic has certainly change the dynamics of everything but even people weren't calling or they or they were calling but they weren't coming out because everybody was home and they didn't have that opportunity to leave and and leaving is one of the most dangerous things for a victim um 
to do. And yeah, it's a lot easier to leave if abuser is out doing something and you can pack yeah. up and go. Yeah. If you're trapped with abuser 24-7, you're trapped. Right, right. And you can't even make that phone call, you know, and it's just not safe. And um, I think, and I can't, I don't have any numbers on this, but I think the the numbers of cases that ended up in the court systems might have increased a little bit more during that time only because they had one opportunity to make one phone call and at, to get the help and it was to 911 rather than us where they could oh, get I see out what you, mean. you know and and people don't always want to call 911 they don't want to get their husband or their partner or their you know boyfriend or whoever the abuser is necessarily thrown in jail because we have to remember that the two biggest things about domestic violence is love and fear, and they still love their partner. It's the behavior that they fear in in uh, most cases, I would say. And so having somebody thrown in jail is sometimes their lifeline too, even though it's a very fearful thing to live with. Talking with uh, Mary Niemela from the Barbara Kettle Gunlock Shelter. We are celebrating a little bit late, <laughs> October being Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Did you see effects during the pandemic? Uh, because these families were close together and in close quarters and not able to get out a whole lot, were the frustration levels driven up? Were there more instances of violence? Um, I'm, I don't, we don't know the statistics on that because we weren't hearing from the people and we weren't seeing them uh, when they would have the opportunity to call. It was a phone call and it was brief and, and, and that was happening. But like I said, with the more incidences in the court systems, we were doing all that remotely too. I mean, the courts were by zoom and, and, um, you know, we weren't there with the, vic- with the victim. So the victim, if she had the opportunity, and I say she because 95% of the abuse yeah. is against women in reported cases, uh, would not be able to even come to see us. She could call us, but that was about, about it. So um, I'd say it was still happening. Yeah, and, 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 and even a, worse, maybe. And in a situation where that personal contact must be essential mm-hmm. to be reassuring to somebody who's very, very scared, right? That uh, without that personal contact, it's that that had to be really, really scary for those who were reaching out. Right, right, and and their children were there too, so the tensions were high in a lot of situations, a lot of homes, I'm sure. Walk me through what happens. If somebody does decide to make that call, somebody deci- does decide to to leave the abusive situation, and they contact you. Right. Well, you know, unfortunately now we have to ask COVID questions, you know, and so, but to stay at the shelter, you it, you have to be an eligible client, which means you're in an IPV, or as we know it, as a domestic violence victim. Yeah, what I, is an IPV? IPV that- is Intimate Partner Violence which means okay. that you're in a committed relationship. It doesn't necessarily mean that you, you know, you've had to have intercourse or something like that, an intimate relationship with somebody. Then that's, I think, a lot of people think that when we use the term IPV, intimate partner violence. But it really is the domestic violence situation. An so, established relationship, right. cohabitation for right. the most part. It could be. It's a committed relation. It could be dating. It doesn't have to be a cohabitation. Okay. But um, I think in years past, you know, we were able to take, um, say there was a woman who their adult child was living with them and the adult child was being 
abusive either verbally mentally physically with them we at that point could that was a domestic violence victim and it still is but we can't house them now they're not funding us to house those really? those victims right so it has to be that in, that's why they changed the title to intimate partner violence because you're not intimately you know with your your parent or or a sibling or whatever but so it's 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 changed and that's not been since the pandemic that's probably been about i don't know five ten years ago even already okay but um um so it's it's made it difficult for people to understand that because in the in the in the courts it's it is a crime domestic violence is a crime and if you you're you're physically abusive or to your uh, mother or father that's that's a crime and it's domestic yep, violence uh, absolutely but you know we aren't able to house that we can provide outreach services as much as we can we can help with the personal protection orders or if there's a no contact order put in place or whatever we can do that but it's all on an outreach basis okay but a woman calls you she mm-hmm. says i've had enough yeah. i can't handle it anymore maybe the kids now are starting to be in danger right. or perceiving what's going on uh, what steps do you offer them and what steps do, you, do they take? Sure. So if someone's in that situation and they can come to the shelter, I mean, if they have the means to get there, they can, you know, certainly come at any time. We're there 24-7. And if they can't, if they don't have a, a vehicle to get there, we will work on providing a transportation for them, whether it be, you know, a, a cab or um, we don't usually send our staff out there to get them if we don't know where the abuser is, you know, or if they've called the police, oftentimes police will drop them off or maybe a family member could bring them as well. Um, and, you know, we're temporary shelters, so we don't, we can't take every single thing that you have in the home, you know, for, we don't have a storage for that. Right. But we encourage people to take what's immediate to them, you know, their, if they have any medication or maybe their child's favorite toy or things for the kid, you know, we do have... Some things, but everybody has their favorite thing. You sure. Know? So, um, and we just, you know, help them get there the, the best and safest way that they can. And, you know, we have all, we have food, we have clothing, we have, you know, bottles, we have whatever somebody needs, but it we is, don't have it that is, medication. It is what we would describe as a soft landing. Yeah. It, yeah. At least if you're in an untenable situation and you're afraid because you don't know where you're going to go, right? there is a place where you can go and you will be taken care of and the things that you need will be there. Right, right. And, and you know, we're again, we're a temporary shelter, but we're not, you know, we're not going to make you come in there and file for divorce if you're married or get a new place if you don't want one. You know, we're there to be your 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 listening ears and help you through that, cope with what's happening. You know, um, maybe you'll end up back there. It depends on the situation. But um, uh, we just, you just need to come and and talk to us and get there. Yeah, get started and see where it leads. It's not a final thing, you know, for anybody, for sure. What kind of, do you offer some counseling services to help these people sort things out because yeah. you know they're very confused i'm sure they're distraught in many cases yeah. is there some way that they you can help their thought process sure i mean we don't have a licensed counselor but we have people there that do the exact same thing you know we just it's it's a we have a strong advocacy program and we help them through that we help them um 
by just basically listening and we know where to make referrals to if we can't help them and um yeah so that's what it turns into be is is a, a good place to just come and maybe you need to relax and rest and take care of you know everybody does what they do for themselves at home they cook their meals they clean their own clothes and they have their room and you know we've since we've moved into our new place you know we have tvs in all the rooms now and i mean i'm sad to say but that's because of covid we were able to get grant money to do that (laughs) okay (laughs) you know silver lining yeah right you know and uh so you know and and people may not know that we are in our new place and and um they need to if they're going to call the shelter we will certainly give them the uh, the directions to get there and um um and it it we're still in the same location, just in a different building, and uh, we're in a nice one-story building now. And and um, uh, I think people have gotten conf- confused in the beginning, where donations were being dropped off at the the uh, other place and and whatnot. But now I think people are getting to know where we're at. So I've arrived at the shelter. I've decided now that uh, I'm not going to go back to my abuser. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on my own. But golly, I don't have a job. I have a couple of small kids to take care of. I have no way to move forward. Right. Well, right. I mean, our advocates will help them with all of that. I mean, once we developed a safety plan for them, um, or they develop, I should say, with our advocates, their safety plan and what it is that they want to do, work on some um, things, we will get them applications for jobs where they need to go. We'll connect them with Michigan Works. Uh, we will provide the transportation if we need to for them to get there. And um, uh, if if their children, say they come to the shelter and their kids go to Houghton Schools, the ISD, we have a um, um, connection with them where they will transport uh, the children to the schools wherever they need to go. And that's uh, been a great asset to the to our shelter to be able to get kids where they need to go and stay in the same schools and make it as normal as yeah stay with their friends and right keep uh, as right. normal as possible right. which is what kids need flip side i've arrived at the shelter i've thought about it a couple of days things have calmed down a little bit i'm not ready to give up on the situation i'm going to go home can you support me in some way shape or form if i've made that decision we would support anybody in their decisions on that. You know, we uh, we're very confidential, non-judgmental, um, and we let you know that we're there for you if things don't go the way you're hoping they go. To, and and we just will give you all the resources that you we can give you that you can make other phone calls if need be when you're back in that situation. Sometimes we know these situations <clears throat> escalate. And the abuser becomes very violent. The abuser becomes very possessive, uh, threatening. Uh, what kind of security do you sometimes have to create to protect an, a victim, an abuse victim, and their family? Well, our our shelter has a security system on it. We have cameras. Do you sometimes have outside. to move people out of the area? Uh, well... We have moved people out of the area, but it was by their choosing. You know, we have not um, 
made them leave because of their security or no, their I mean, whatever. No, I mean, not that you would make them right. leave, but if they come in and say, hey, I know he's going to get oh, to yeah. me. No, I would, know he's going to yeah. find us. Uh, is there some place you can send me and not tell anybody where it is? Right. Oh, yeah. We wouldn't anyway. And we can't talk about anything about a client unless they sign a confidentiality release. And even then, it's it's very... It's a very small bit of information that can be given, but no, if somebody comes into shelter and really needs to leave, maybe they have family elsewhere and they want to get there, but no means to get there, we will help them do that. Mary Nimala from the Barbara Kettle Gunlock Shelter. What do you need now to help provide your services? Well, you know, we're coming up into a new fiscal year, which started October 1st, and and uh, we're I think we're okay this year, but we've there's been conversations already that our, our VOCA funding is, you know, losing some money next year in our next fiscal year. So um, we're really dependent on our grants and our community, and we have a very supportive community. And one of those ways to help support us this year is is through the hashtag Giving Tuesday, and that'll be the second, or excuse me, the, the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving, which is the last Tuesday of the, of the month. And... Um, uh, and so I think everybody that has given or heard about it, I mean, it's all over everyone's Facebook page. If you're one of the recipients, we have been every year that it's that they've done that, the Portage Health Foundation, and we're very appreciative of everybody that's given. Now, I think, I believe this year they're matching it up to 200, you know, it could be up, to, the, the match funds are up to $200,000. So, yeah. you know, you're... Your donation could be doubled if you gave a hundred dollars. It could turn yeah, to two hundred or a percentage of that. In, yeah. Certainly, your donation will be increased. Correct. And yeah. and and in a worthy amount. Right. Right. We will never so. get less than what was donated. Right. In and um, and so you know you might be on our friends of the shelter list and yet want to give that money through Portage Health Foundation's hashtag Giving Tuesday and and that's fine and you'll get an acknowledgement from them. And um, when we send out our letter, you know, you, you may get a letter to us because we don't actually get that list until quite a bit after our letter goes out, too. So um, and um, so it's up to you if you want to give both. But, you know, it, any any type of donation that comes in is appreciated through that way or any way, of course. Do you need volunteers? We always need volunteers. And uh, our volunteers work. Uh, weekend shifts mainly anywhere from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. in in four or six or eight hour shifts, whatever works for them. Is this just for women to volunteer, or do you have men who volunteer? I could see men making some of your guests perhaps uncomfortable. Right. And so in the shelter, we have um, women who are volunteers, and but we've had male volunteers doing many things it's sometimes it's maintenance within the shelter sometimes it's outside um, when we have the um, on make a difference day the Michigan Tech students come it's males and male or male and female both and and uh, they sign the confidentiality forms as well and and are very made known that what you see here stays here so now if somebody is in a situation where they're being abused and they are listening to this and thinking, you know, maybe it's time to make the call. Mm-hmm. Who do they call? How do they call? What number do they call? How do you proceed? Well, our phone numbers are 906-337-5623 is our crisis line for Houghton, Keweenaw County, or 
anywhere actually, but on Tanagan we have an advocate as well, and that is um, 906, I can't remember the beginning of it, 888, no, 906, I can't remember, 884-4004. There's too many fours in there. Yes. So, yes, (laughs) I shouldn't have said the 906, that's what messed me up. So it's 884-4004 is the um, Ontonagan number, and our advocate there would be able to um, help you in a situation if you're in that county there. So And should mention also that if you're in Barraga County, Barraga County has its own shelter home that provides similar services, and you can contact them. Correct. And uh, they will basically provide the same type of opportunities for you that the Barbara Kettle Gunlock Shelter Home Correct. does for Houghton and Keweenaw and Ontonagan counties. Mm-hmm. So if you are in an abusive situation, there is no reason for you to stay in that situation. And uh, having never been there myself, I can only imagine the emotions that go along with it, the fear that goes along with it. But step out, reach out, and make the call, and life can change. Right. And it's a, it's a phone call. You know, we're not making you commit to anything. And, and we know that it's very difficult for a victim to leave that situation. So just just to call us will be very important and meaningful to you. And there are success stories. That's correct. There are many people who have made the break and have been able to move on. And particularly if you've got kids, it's so important for them that they grow up in a situation that doesn't have that kind of stress and that kind of violence in it. So That's right. And we provide services to all genders as well. So. Mary Nimala, thank you so much from the Barbara Kettle Gunlock Shelter on the 43rd of October. We appreciate you coming in, and thank you for the good work that you and your staff are doing.